I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Today, we start a new week, Monday, April 18th. Michael Beller here with you on this episode of Best on the Board. We are going to take a look at the three Game 2s across the NBA. So we've got three games, bets across all of them. Should be a nice, fun episode here. Joining me, Dan Santaramita. Dan, what's going on, man? What was the what was your, your takeaway from the weekend? from the NBA playoffs. I just think it's fun to have like data points, right? Like we talked about our oh, regular season matchups and how they played against each other. Mm-hmm. And the playoffs are always different. You can say, "Oh, this guy had a bad game and they'll probably that probably won't happen again or this guy went off and that probably won't happen again." And you can kind of see how it plays out. I love you don't really see this in other sports, right? You know, football doesn't have series. I don't think baseball really works the same way where you can mm-hmm. see the the matchups and the way it's head to head like that with different pitchers changing it. Basketball, NBA playoffs, you really get the flow of a series and matchups, and I just love that. And we're getting into it. We are getting into it indeed. A couple more data points coming our way on Monday night. Brandon Funston coming your way right here. What's going on, Funston? Oh, just coming off a hectic weekend of family in town and and you know, kids sporting events and and traveling and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to just settling into the work week and and just watching some NBA with a little bit of peace and quiet around me this week. All right. Well, the first one you're going to get to take a look at is Sixers and Raptors, a series that you were heavily invested in coming (laughs) into the playoffs. And unfortunately, things could not have gone much worse for the Raptors in game one. Not only did they get blown out by 20 points, but they lose some key, key players, uh, chief among them, Scotty. Barnes. So in game two, the Sixers are seven and a half point favorites, 215 and a half the total on this game. Uh, We've all got plays for it. Funston, why don't you take this one away first? Yeah, I was all in on the Raptors for this series, but I'm going to have to backpedal. Uh, You know, Scotty Barnes with his versatility, athleticism, that's a tough loss. You know, Gary Trent Jr.'s out. So it's hard for me to see them, especially in game two, being able to, to overcome that mm-hmm. um i was not expecting tyrese maxi and tobias harris to combine for what 64 60. points yeah 64 mm-hmm. yeah so i mean if they're gonna if they're gonna be in for that then this is gonna be suddenly <laughs> an awfully tough sixers team but yeah i'm i'm gonna go ahead and take the sixers to cover and i mentioned those outages for the raptors in uh barnes and and gary trent so i'm in on oj ananobi ananobi with a 24 and a half pra which he was comfortably over uh in the first game and uh, now i think he's just gonna have to carry a little bit bigger load so i feel like he can get to that again once one more time yeah i mean it's just it's so hard dan isn't it with the like to want to like the raptors with just all these guys (laughs) gone i mean you're gonna have to like i mean uh ananobi fred van vliet pascal siakam 36 plus minutes for all three of those guys it's just gonna have to be what, what the case is here yeah 
Yeah, and Van Fleet's just coming off injury himself, so who knows mm-hmm. how well he holds up with that. I look, And the thing is, you mentioned uh, Maxi and uh, Tobias Harris having big games, but Joel Embiid did not, and Danny yep. Green was, I think, what, 0 for 5 from 3. So those are two guys that you expect to have better games, so maybe it evens out. Certainly Embiid, he, I think he went for like – I didn't even think he scored five 20 for 15, points. Yeah, one. 5 for 15, 19 points for Embiid. Yeah, which – so – Okay, yeah, the guards, you know, those guys aren't going to have those big games maybe ever again this series, but Joel Embiid's probably not going to have a worse game than that either. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm sticking with the over I had from game one, and I'm, st- I'm going with you on the Sixers to cover that spread. They're too beat up, and Joel Embiid probably just takes over. Yeah, seven and a half, it's a big number. It's probably the way I lean on this one also. I, I do think that, uh, that you know, Tyrese Maxey uh, is a really special player. Um for what it's worth, I think Kentucky would have won the championship if we would have had a, a, a 2020 NCAA tournament with Tyrese Maxey and Manuel Quickly. I mean, that was a team that was really clicking on all cylinders at the end of the season. They had been they were playing just unbelievable basketball going into the tournament, uh, and Tyrese Maxey was right at the heart of all that, and we're seeing why he was such a special player uh, play out here now in the NBA. Uh, the total set on his three-point mark for this game uh, is 2.5. You actually get plus 115 on the 2.5 if you want to bet the over. On Tyrese Maxey, I think he does it. Uh, went five for eight from three in the first game of the series. He averages a little bit more than four three-point attempts per game uh, over the entire course of the season. In Toronto, this is just not a great three-point defense. Uh, it's it's you know, a team that is going to give let you shoot the three and let you shoot the three uh, somewhat effectively. Eighteenth uh, in the league in terms of expected three-point percentage. So you know it's not like they are just uh, a total turnstile against the three-pointer, but they're not stopping you from from shooting them and knocking them down. Either and so I think with what Maxi did in Game One, get some carryover into Game Two against a defense that is ripe for it. No Scotty Barnes, no Gary Trent. You're going to have all that put on the stars of Toronto on the offensive end. Going to be very hard for them to keep up with everyone. Philly can throw at them on the defensive end as well. This is just a case of a team that was probably less talented coming into the series to begin with, now maybe being just straight up overmatched in terms of good players available. And so that really, I think, is going to accumulate as this series goes on as well. So uh, I like Tyrese Maxey to keep things rolling here. But I mean, other than other than maybe some Toronto player props, like Funston throwing out the OG Ananobi PRA number, like there's, it's hard to to like anything Toronto wise in this, just because of how good Philly looked in Game One, and just how now this appears to be a series where Philly can overmatch them with all the injuries that Toronto's dealing with. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. Suddenly, the narrative has changed a lot. Like I said, the injury is a perspective, and just um, if if we're going to see this this kind of you know bolstered bolsteredness around Embiid and Harden Philly Philly I mean we know that Philly if they can get those stars aligned literally is mm-hmm. as good as you know can can play with anybody in the league That's so crazy uh, 41 points from Harden and Embiid in game one and they win by 20 yeah that is all right, so that's Sixers and Raptors kicking off the Monday night slate. Second game of the day on Monday night is Jazz and Mavericks. Jazz five and a half point favorites in this one. Two oh five and a half is the total. This was a really interesting game one, you guys. The Jazz uh, seem to be pulling away. The Mavericks uh, really clawed their way back into it in the fourth. Made a great game of it. Low scoring, ninety nine ninety three. Mavs doing it, of course, without. 
Luka Doncic, and that's going to be really the story of this one as well. This game tipped at Jazz minus four and a half without Doncic. You see them fight back in, and now we come back in game two, and we're looking at a five and a half point spread. Funston, like I just the, the the way that this is set up, and the way that those lines have trended, make me really like Utah even more than I liked them going into game one. Yeah, this is uh, you know this is without Doncic, it's like you know the the Nuggets without Jokic or Memphis without Ja Morant. Like it's just the disparity in my mind between the talent levels of Utah versus what Dallas is without Luca is it's hard for me to ignore, and I just can't. You know, I I think the game one was probably the best that Dallas could hope for, and that was a you know a six point loss. I don't see it getting closer and closer. I think uh, the second game in Utah has a little bit more. Uh, you know, they can pad that win by a little bit more. So I definitely give me Utah. Yeah, I love I love Utah in this spot. I mean, I just everything we saw from them, it was like it was such a it was such a good Utah game especially in like the like the third quarter really showed us what this team can be when you had you had just Rudy Gobert everywhere on defense right Rudy Gobert took like one shot and was one of the best and was maybe the best player on the floor for the entire game from start to finish you had Donovan Mitchell rebounding from a horrible first half and then putting together just a ridiculous third quarter scored 17-18 points in that third quarter when Utah really took things over had that little lead going into halftime but then you know, put the distance between themselves and the Mavs that let them weather the comeback that the Mavs put together in the fourth quarter, really in the third and on the back of what Donovan Mitchell was doing offensively. Like this is this is what's going to make this team scary. Assuming they get past Dallas, this is what's going to make them scary to Phoenix. This is what's going to make them, you know, a real threat in the West. Is an efficient offense, multiple scores, multiple shooters, and you know the best defensive player in the league in Rudy Gobert, who can really erase other teams' offensive options and and make things so hard on them to get easy buckets. And that's that's the the formula for this Utah team. And I just, I can't see Dallas keeping with them. I think that was maybe one of the best punches we can see Dallas throw without Luka and Utah was able to weather it and still cover that spread um, with a horrible first half on Donovan Mitchell. I think they do it again uh, on Monday night, covering the five and a half points and taking a commanding 2-0 lead in this series. Dan, what are you looking at in this matchup? I like the over and I have an interesting stat that kind of surprised me when I saw this, when I looked at it after the game, Utah, you know, one of the, for years now, been known as a three-point shooting team. They're second in the league, shooting just over 40 a game. They only shot 22 three-pointers in game one, which is the fewest of anybody across the eight game ones, which is kind of shocking. Obviously, when you see a 99-93 total, they're obviously pretty low scoring. Um, you know, Maybe Dallas can't keep up, so they're, they're probably encouraged to play a little slower if they can. But I, I don't think Utah's going to do have a game like that again. Uh, obviously, Mitchell didn't shoot very well. Um, but even just in terms of scheme, just attempting so few threes is so unlike them. So I like the over. It's pretty low at, um, let's see what it is actually right now. It's two and, 205 and a half. And mm-hmm. I'm not asking for a lot there. That's a pretty low total by NBA standards. <laughs> <You're really not. laughs> yeah. So, yeah, right? That is that's yeah. nothing. The, the only concern is whether Dallas can keep up or not, which without Luka mm-hmm. is a real question. Yeah. You let me worry about Luca. Um, it's uh, it, it, it. I mean, that's it, it's a it's a crazy total to see in an NBA playoff game in 2022. Yeah, right? yeah. like this is this is not this is not like uh, 2005, right? Chauncey Billups and Tayshawn Prince aren't playing in these playoffs, are they? <laughs> uh, but that that's like that's what what this feels like. But 
yeah, I mean, that's that's it, it's still it's concerns me still with like I just don't trust I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust them offensively. We yeah. saw we saw multiple periods of stagnation from that offense, and, and like that included some like really nice individual performances. Like uh, Jalen Brunson had a great game there, and like you can get that, but still, like they just go through so much stagnation without Luca that it, it does it does have me concerned about what they can do offensively. Funston, any? I, I mean, I'm staying away. I'm not saying bet the under. 205 is just a, a ridiculously low total uh, with the way the NBA plays. And, right, you can blow that up with just a, one good three point shooting quarter from both teams, and, and suddenly that's totally blown up. So I'm not saying bet the under, but I'm not betting the over either. What do you think? Any thoughts on the total? Yeah, it's 106 100. Seems like a very reasonable score to get mm-hmm. to for Dan to get his over. And, and I, if I was leaning one way or the other, I would lean on the over. But uh, I just, again, I, I feel most comfortable about with the spread. I, I, you know, as you mentioned, the stagnation with Dallas offense and they're kind of it's you know it's Spencer Dinwiddie and, and Jalen Brunson it's kind of like your perimeter guys and that can come and go you know and you mm-hmm. don't really have like that interior presence that you can just go into or you know or a Luca that can just get to the rack when you need them to it's so for me that's a, a perilous way to try to kind of hang with this Utah Jazz yeah right I mean just like you had Reggie Bullock Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson all playing 40 plus minutes in game one <laughs> and like that's just I mean that and like yeah, Dinwiddie coming in next. Maxi Kleber playing twenty four minutes. Like that is that's I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. this, is, this is a team that's gonna go through like ugly offensive stretches. Those are a lot of really good role players. Yeah, you know, right? Those are great. Those are great role players. Like you know what? You know what? This team is missing like a, a Luka Doncic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's what that's what this Dallas team needs. They need someone like him who can really get everything going. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, like Utah. Utah minus five and a half. Uh, feeling very good. Probably my favorite bet on the slate for Monday. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's get into that third game on the slate, you guys. It is Warriors and Nuggets. Warriors, seven and a half point favorites in this game, 221 and a half the total in it. Funston, what do you got for us on this one? Oh, I'm, I'm in on the Warriors. I've been on the Warriors uh, for a while. I just think, uh, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have looked at like a, a two and a half game spread line on this. Um, I, I think the Warriors are going to have a fairly easy time overall with this series, and I expect them to cover again at the seven and a half. I'm also gonna gonna go in on on Steph Curry for over three and a half threes because you know, here's a guy who averaged four and a half during the season who had a long layoff comes out and in 21 minutes he hits three of six and you know we're gonna get a we're gonna get a minutes bump in the mm-hmm. second game I would expect it so getting something closer to 30 minutes I think he can I think he can get to four three pointers so uh, and I like the plus 140 on that as well yeah. so. I'll chase that. Yeah, this is a this is a game a fun game to look at with props. Um, you know, we we saw Jordan Poole go crazy in game one. You got to assume you know coming some of that comes down both just because you know Jordan Poole is not going to put up ridiculous games like that game after game after game as great a player as he is. You're going to see a little bit of a minutes bump for Curry tonight too. But with what he can do, with what Curry can do with the minutes bump, with what Clay can do, and you got you know two 
triple double threats in, in Draymond and in in Jokic. There's a, a lot of fun to be had with the props in this game. Dan, no fun for you though in this one. What's up with that? Well, <laughs> I, I'm I was on board of the Warriors. I talked about it last show. I, I think that's that's definitely yeah. um you know that they're a lock for this series, and it looked as I would have expected in Game One. I I probably should have just bet that in Game One instead of just going to series view, but. But yeah, I like that curry. I'm gonna as soon as we get done recording this, I'm gonna take that curry over. I love that Funston. Yeah. That's that's a great play. That, that is a good one. Yeah, and the, the plus one forty yeah. is a little surprising on that. Yeah, it really is. It really is because he came. I mean, they kept him on the minutes restriction, which we knew they were gonna do, especially with like the way that that game just yeah. you know they were in control mm-hmm. from start to finish. So they they had no reason to you know do get into break glass in case of emergency mode. But he was he was totally himself when he was out there. He was totally Steph. Uh, both mm-hmm. in terms of effectiveness and, and style of play. And so if you just take that and, and add what we would expect to be a little bit of a minutes bump in this game tonight, I think, yeah, the plus 140 is really nice there. It's also why I like the over in this game. Um, you, know, you get a little bit more Steph, and I just, like, it's a, it's it's an interesting way to, to look at this. But I think, like, you know, Golden State has been a, a great defensive efficiency team all season. And I just, even though it's, it's Jokic and the rest, when we look at this version of the Nuggets, I think that their only real hope is just to be a straight up better offensive team and just more efficient offensively. I just, I don't think they can, I don't think they can win low scoring games in this series, low scoring by NBA, by modern NBA standards. I, I don't, I don't think they win this game only scoring these games scoring 105 and, and hoping to hold Golden State to 102. I think they got to get into the one teens uh, to win these games, and so I think that they're going to let that reflect in their style of play. So at two twenty one and a half, I think that this game can certainly go over. That's a play that I'm looking at as well for this Nuggets and Warriors matchup. I mean, would we would we try to make any? Is there like seven and a half is a big number? Could you? If I know none of us is betting it, could either of you make the argument for why a Nuggets better would be a Nuggets better tonight? Because it's the NBA and everybody makes a run. <laughs> and seven and a half is within that range, you know? I think that's basically it, yeah. I would be tempted. You know, Beller, we talked about it uh, one of our last shows. Uh, what kind of a series is Jokic going to have to have? And we are like, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be like a 35, 36 points, 12 rebounds, you know, eight assists kind of a series. Yeah. And what was he, 25 in the opener? I could yep. see him. Uh, his, his point line is 28 and a half and i'm a little bit like i could see Jokic just saying okay it's it's time for super Jokic tonight you know it's <laughs> so, Jokic. I, so i would be a little bit tempted to at least maybe take the over on Jokic points and see him get to 29 or 29 plus to, but uh other than that i can't i can't make the case for denver pulling it off he was he was 12 for 29 including 0 of 4 from 3 in the first game and 29 yeah. shot attempts in 34 minutes played i mean like right it's an all you can eat buffet for jokic like yeah. you you want to you want to shoot nikola like there it's going to be there for you well that's it i mean if you know he's shooting 29 times a game yeah. i would take the over on 28 and a half every time because mm-hmm. i mean the guy's gonna likely shoot around 50 percent. you know yeah. it's like that's typical so yeah. um that was just maybe a first game off night but uh yeah i feel pretty good about that over yeah and they i mean they they need it they need they need him getting that many shots up because like behind him i mean who who's who's scoring do you like real truck really trust on this team other than him it's like it's like will barton and that's it i I mean like monty morris can score a little bit aaron gordon can do his thing you know aaron gordon can throw down dunks and and make some jumpers but like 
it's really Jokic and Barton as the only guys whose scoring you feel like is going to show up. Well, and I was like, in my head, I'm like, Will Barton, 15 points, seems right. And I just went and checked, and he's at 15 and a half. So, like, that's like, <laughs> you can get your 15 from Will Barton. Yeah. You know, that's, and, yeah. but that's, that's what I mean. Like, you, like, Will Barton's going to do his thing, and his thing is 15 points. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so, like, it, it's it's got to be Jokic. So, yeah, maybe, maybe this might be a, what do you say that number was on the Jokic points? 28, 28 and a half. Like, is it going to be lower at any point this series, especially if he goes out and puts up like a, a 32, 34 tonight and well, they, that's lose, what I'm saying. they lose I by 10, they lose 120 to 110? It feels like 12 for 29 for 25 points is his floor. Yeah. You know, and if, mm-hmm. if 25 is his floor, I, in, in, you know, in the bounce back here, I would. I would see him scoring four more points. You know, that's that's not a that's not a tough leap to to make mentally. See, listeners, this is how you talk yourself into a bet just by talking. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what you do. You don't go chasing. You don't go chasing parlays like waterfalls. No. You don't go doing that. You just talk with some friends, and eventually, you find yourself to Nikola Jokic over twenty eight and a half. There you go. There we go. That's beautiful. And that's a great that's a great spot to call it a show, too. So that's what we're going to do here. It's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For Funston and Dan, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>